tonight, uh, I want to introduce you. This is my wife, Brittany. Can you guys give her a big round of applause? Yes. She's, yeah, I like her too. She's pretty awesome. So, yeah. All right. So, Brittany here, this is my wife. We've been married for over 10 years, 11 years, all right? And we thought it'd be a really cool way to finish off our series, Guard the Temple, with a talk about why you save yourself sexually, why you save yourself when it comes to sexual purity, and it's for marriage. If you remember, when we first defined what sex was, God has given us sex as a gift that as long as it's done within the boundaries of marriage. And so what we're going to do is, I asked my wife to come up here because I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about some things to look for in a guy or a girl, some things, some red flags to avoid and, and go the opposite direction, and, uh, and hopefully you get some stuff out of this. Uh, I, I remember I talked to a kid once. I said, hey, we're going to be doing a talk on marriage. And he goes, what does that have to do with me? I ain't married. And I said, but you might get married someday. It's, it's good to learn about marriage before you get married, okay? I, I know Britt and I were probably, I, 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 I felt a little unprepared when we got married. I know we, we always joke that our first year of marriage was awful. Like, it was so bad. I wish I could, I wish I could go back and redo a bunch of stuff, right? So tonight our topic is on the heart. If you remember, we've been talking about with, with sexual immorality, there have been casualties. Does anybody remember the first casualty when we talked about week one? Starts with a B, rhymes with bloody, yes? Yeah, it's the body, that's right. We talked about how that's the first casualty of sexual immorality is the body. How the world and, and our society looks at the body as if it's just a, a clump of cells that's literally just used for, for pleasure. And hopefully you guys realize after our talk that that's not the case. That's not what the body's for. God has given you this body, right? In fact, our, our scripture, uh, this theme of guard the temple is from that scripture that says, your body is a temple of God, okay? Does anybody remember what we learned about the second week? Meryl, what was it? The mind. That's what we talked about last week. Remember, the renewed mind is the key to the promise that we... Do you guys remember that video? What? I, it was an opening video with the creepy serial killer dancing around. You don't remember? Okay. Man, we'll have to play that next week again. That's a great video. But we talked about the mind and how society and our culture has shifted our, our thoughts and, our, and our, um, our mindset into believing that sex is just something that everybody does as much as they want to do it, outside of marriage, whatever. And that mindset has led to many bad things. Like we talked about abortion as one of those. We talked about single parent homes. And so uh, today we're going to talk about the heart. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible talks about the heart over a thousand times. And what's different is we're, we're obviously not talking about the muscle or the, the, the valves that's in your chest. When we talk about the heart and when Scripture talks about the heart, it's talking about your whole being, everything that, that, that makes up you, okay? So, so what, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and just dive through four points, Okay. And we thought it'd be kind of funny. Our four points, if you look at each word, it spells out the word swag, all right? We did that on purpose, so how to get your swag back, all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each point, and these are going to be points that have to deal with marriage and saving yourself and how to, how to just protect your heart, okay? Because remember, guarding the temple means guarding your body, means guarding your mind, but it most importantly means guarding your heart. So let's go ahead. We're going to dive in. First off, is there anything you want to say? Did I miss anything? Okay, talk to the mic if you don't mind. Let's do it. There we go. All right. I, I blabber a lot, so 
So hopefully she can interrupt me. All right. So um, what we're going to do, actually, let's hit, hit, the, hit the verse, Proverbs 4.23 real quick. This is going to be our verse for tonight, okay? Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Guard your heart above all else, for it is, it is the source of life. What you store in your heart will come out, okay? The, your heart, think of it this way. The, the things that you bring into your mind, the things that you do with your body forms what your, what your heart is all about. And it's pretty easy. I think it's pretty easy to tell if a Christian's heart is about Christ because you can see it in their lifestyle, right? So here's our first one. Okay, go ahead and the first point here. The first point is seek. Remember, this is the, the S in swag, okay? Give your heart to God first. And before Brittany dives in, I, I want to talk about the reason we started with seek is it's very important because you eventually you guys are going to be seeking out a spouse or somebody that you're going to marry. You're look, maybe you have your eyes open right now, okay? Maybe you are, you're keeping your eyes open for that perfect person that you're going to marry. And what we want to encourage you, the very first step, before you even consider talking to a guy, talking to a girl, giving your heart to this person, is you have to give your heart to God first. You have to seek God first. And here's why. When you're born, everybody that's here is born with a sinful nature, And this means that all of our hearts are against God. All of our hearts are for evil. They're for sin. And what what happens when you get saved is your heart changes, right? Your heart becomes now for God. You have to give your heart to God first. And so we we thought it was important to start with this because you always got to start with God, right? Let's not start with, hey, here's here's 10 steps to find the perfect guy. Here's the five things looking for for the perfect girl. The number one step is to seek God first. Agreed? All right, so why don't we move on after that, okay? So, Brittany, we're, I know we're going to talk about um, we, you know, seeking God in terms of salvation, like giving your heart to God. Why don't you tell us about how to uh, live a lifestyle of seeking God? Yeah, Good. definitely. Um, you guys, it's really important that you understand something. You guys ever heard that, um, the phrase, like, he's my soulmate, or he completes me? You guys ever heard that? You hear it all the time, right? Yes. This is a big, fat lie okay it's all made up it's all pretend we all need love and we all need someone to be in our lives and connect with us but matt doesn't complete me we connect but we are he does not complete who i am and who i'm meant to be only god can do that so connection is real completion is pretend that's a lie from satan and whoever you're with at the time will never complete you you have to go to god first and you can't wait until you're older. Start now. Seek God now while you're young, while your, your worries are small. Because worries get bigger and bigger and bigger. Life gets busier and busier. Your responsibilities keep growing. And you're going to need God's wisdom and God's strength to deal with all of those things. So start today. I don't care if you're in sixth grade or twelfth grade. Today is the day. God is with you, and he loves you, and he wants to walk with you every single day. Okay, so that's all great in philosophy, but I am practical, and we are talking about the heart, and that's great, but I want to know what I can do tomorrow when I wake up to seek God. Do you guys agree? Yeah, what can I do? Well, how do you get to know anybody in a relationship? You hang out with them. Then the more you spend time with them, and the more you talk to them, and the more you get to know them, the closer the bond is with that person. God is the creator of that kind of connection, which means your connection with him can be even more deep and fulfilling than any relationship with any other person. So you're going to seek after him the same way you seek after any other relationship in your life. 
You're going to spend time with him. So wake up 15 minutes early tomorrow morning, get out your Bible, and get on your knees and pray and ask God to be with you through the day and read your scripture. It's easy to just read the Proverbs that goes along with the day. So what's tomorrow? The 6th? So read Proverbs 6. It's easy. It takes about three minutes. <laughs> but then you have scripture with you all day long. And um, another thing that I did a lot when I was in high school, I wrote out a lot of different scriptures that were meaningful to me and that gave me help and encouragement, depending on what I was going through. I wrote them out on three by five cards and stuck them in all my notebooks for school. And I taped them or used them as bookmarks or whatever. So anytime I got out my science book, I had this one verse that I read and it takes one second to read a verse, but then you are constantly giving yourself that like reset button um, to think on things that are above and not just on things that are on earth. Does that make sense? Is that an easy thing to do? Yeah, it is. It doesn't take a lot to seek after God's heart, you guys. It doesn't take a lot because you know why? Because God wants to be found by you. It is easy to find him. You just have to do the little bit of work that it takes to get there. It can feel hard, it feels big because the Bible is a big book and there's a lot of truth in it, but even the small truths are so foundational for you guys. Just every day, bit by bit, keep, keep plugging away at it and God will always meet you where you are. Yeah, that's really good. I, I, I want to, real quick before we go to the next point, I want to talk about a point she just made there where it, it, is, it is a lie to think that your spouse or your wife or your husband will complete you. In fact, if, if you look for somebody and you, the problems that you're dealing with before you get married, your, your spouse might be able to help you with some of those things, but it's only God who can complete you. And, and this, is why, uh, this is why I think you see a lot of marriages where people go into it with these expectations where, hey, this is my problem. I'm, I'm depressed. I, I struggle with this. I struggle with that. I, this person is going to be the one to bring me out of this. I'm going to find completion in that person. Is that true? It's not true. No. In fact, if you set your expectations on a person that much, guess what? All of us are fallen beings, right? We, we're born sinners. We all mess up. I work at a church. I mess up, okay? I, I still mess up. And, and the thing is, if, if Brittany here had tried, she may have actually the first year, which is why it may have been so bad, but, but we both probably tried to find completion in each other. And what you got to realize is that you have to seek God first. Seeking God, you will find your value and your completion in God. Ladies, let me tell you this. Ladies, I assure you, a man will not complete you, okay? In fact, if you set, if you set your emotional stability and your, just your mindset all on what, your happiness, exactly, on, on what a guy is going to do for you, you will be disappointed. I'm going to tell you that now. Because guys, I don't know what it is about us, but we tend to drop the ball, so... Sorry, gentlemen. All right, let's move on. All right, so that's point number one. We good there? Seek. Guys, seek God, the first S in swag. All right, let's see what the W is. All right. Wait. Faithfulness to your spouse starts right now. Now, let's, um, before, before we go into this, I want to tell you a quick story. I, I uh, some of you guys might think this is kind of funny, actually. I've only dated two girls in my life. And I dated the first, the girl that I dated, well, I dated three girls. The first girl I dated, I dated for a month, so I don't even count that. Plus, she cheated on me when she went to a Backstreet Boys concert, and then, uh, so, so we'll just forget about that, all right? I thought it was with a Backstreet Boy. I was like, it wasn't with a Backstreet Boy, was it? And she goes, what? I just went to the concert. I said, okay. 
But anyway, so that was the first one. The second girl that I dated, I dated for two years, and I, and I, may, I think I've talked about her before in, in a message, but I remember that the two of us, I thought we were matched up well, all this stuff. Well, she ended up wanting to go into missions. I didn't. I said, I think I'm... I think God's calling me to stay in the States, all right, with Wi-Fi. So I decided to stay here. And, and what was funny is we went our separate ways, and, and I remember not being able to let go. And, and guys, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, if you've ever had a girlfriend and, and a girl has broken up with you, but I, I remember saying, no, I don't want to let go of this relationship because what if I don't find anybody after that? What if I don't find somebody as, as good as this girl here? And it really worried me because I was like, man, I'm going to be single forever, you know, and I'm never going to find another girl. Who, what girl will ever like me, you know? And, and what I had to do is I had to come to this point in my life where I said, you know what? I need to wait on God. I need to just, just forget about it. Like, if, if I'm going to get married, God will give me people. He will put ladies in my life who I can choose from and I, I can get married, right? And so what, what the, it's, it's hard to wait. Would you guys agree with that? Like, it is hard to wait, you know? And we are talking about sexual immorality in this series. And, and, and guys, I'll be honest with you, you know, when you are in love with a person, you know, it is hard to wait. Even it's, it's hard to wait to stay pure until you're married. But guys, I want to encourage you that waiting, while it's the hardest part, it's necessary. When you don't, don't just marry anybody, okay? And I think that's, I think we talk about, yeah, that's our next point, so I won't rush it too quickly. But, but why don't you dive in? I know we got, well, actually, put the scripture up first, if you don't mind. We got Proverbs thirty-one, twelve. And Britt, why don't you read this and tell us about it? <clears throat> she rewards him with good and not evil all the days of her life. Um, <clears throat> this was a really important verse for me when I was in middle school and high school. Um, when I found it, I was about probably 13, and I read it, and I knew instantly that I w- would never date um, because I wanted with my whole heart to give myself to my husband fully on our wedding day and to not come to it with baggage or past hurts or even memories of being with other people, Um, even if just dating. I'm not even talking about physical stuff, but just I knew that I wanted to give myself fully to him and that it would be a good gift and that I wouldn't come with any sadness or darkness. And um, thankfully, God honored that, and I made a promise, a pact with the Lord when I was about 13, and I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not even going to go down that road, and I didn't. And I talked to a few guys, you know, but never really romantically, you know. I was just feeling people out, but nobody stuck until I met him. And the funny thing is, as he's talking about his old girlfriends or whatever, which are all stupid, uh, <laughs> I was remembering that the first night I met him, he was wearing purple, and he's wearing purple tonight. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just think he's cute. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway, all that to say that you, you can be faithful to your spouse now, and that can last all the way up through your entire marriage. And just imagine what that would look like for you and your life and your story, your contentment in your marriage, your trust with each one another, and just your love story. I know it's really romantical, you guys, but, and I'm not really that romantic, but it, (laughs) I love, I do love that part of our story, and I'm thankful that God honored that for me and for him, too, that he never really, I mean, he dated the one chick, but like I said, whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> Down girl. All right. So, no, I, I like that verse where it says all the days of her life. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. The, the, I, think it's, I, I think it's easy to think that, that being faithful to your spouse, like you'll never cheat on your spouse, happens when you say, I do, like your wedding day. But we want to encourage you guys that being faithful to your spouse actually happens right now. You know, if you're out sleeping around and doing stuff, you're, you're being unfaithful to your future spouse, even though you might not know who it is. And so what I want to encourage you guys to do is, is like Brittany, make that pact. I, I did the same thing where I said, you know, I want to save myself for my wife. And here, here's one thing I do want to say is that I, I'm not stupid, right? I, I know that people probably in this room have made mistakes before and they've messed up. Now, what I want to say about that is that if you have, guess what? God forgives everything, Okay. God, God will forget everything that you've done. If you've made a mistake before and you, you've done something sexually, um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's okay, right? I'm not telling you that it's okay to, to, to do that. But what I am saying is that if you truly repent to God and you ask God for forgiveness, he will forgive you, and that faithfulness to your spouse can begin tonight. So, so if you struggle with this, I, I don't want you to, I don't, the last thing I want you to think is, oh, I've messed up, I've been unfaithful to my future spouse. Yeah, what's the point? I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. And, and that's not the case, you know? God loves you. God loves you no matter what you do. And if you have messed up, just, just ask forgiveness from God and, and start remaining faithful to your spouse today, okay? Remember, wait, the W, wait. Mm-hmm. You say Paul teaches us that we are to leave the past in the past and keep our eyes on what's ahead. So whatever's in your past, whether it happened to you or you made the choice, whatever, you have some ugliness back there, leave it behind you. And just t- tomorrow morning, wake up and tell yourself, I am not that person anymore. God's forgiven me. I've forgiven myself and I am moving forward. That's good. All right. Let's go to the point number three. All right. We got SWA. All right. Avoid. Don't settle. This is my favorite one because we're going to give you guys a couple of tips. Okay. I, for the life of me, I don't get why I've talked to some girls before and I've seen some of you girls who you've dated and stuff. And I'm just like, Come on, you can do so much better, right? Um, except for you guys, you're pretty awesome. You, you stick with it, all right? But, but I'm saying that there, there are some girls have brought their boyfriends to me, and I'm just like, uh, no, no, avoid, avoid. You ever seen Lost in Space? It's like, danger, Will Robinson, danger. And that's what I want to say to some people. And guys, guys, it's just the same with girls, where there's some girls that guys have, hey, this is my girlfriend. And I go, run away, get <laughs> Get away, all right? Get away from that relationship. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about avoid. And we want to give you guys, again, some some practical steps, some red flags. Because the worst thing you want to do is settle for a husband. Girls, the worst thing you want to do is settle for a husband. Guys tend to marry out of their league, I think. Maybe I'm wrong with this. I, guys, Nick Dotson, the, the man, he swung for the more... fences with his wife, all right? He, he <laughs> married way out of his league. The, the woman should always be more beautiful than her husband. <laughs> yeah, I would but say that's true. Always. Is her mic working? I feel like it. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so when, we're, when we're talking about, we want to give you some red flags on how to avoid hopefully picking the wrong spouse. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Guys tend to, to marry up. I feel like that happens a lot. But I see so many girls marry down, all right, where there's, there's so many girls that I've met where I'm just like, oh, you're going to regret this. Man, I feel so bad. So what we want to do is we want to give you guys a couple tips, just some very practical stuff on how to look for a, a good spouse, okay? So let, let's go ahead, uh, Britt. Uh, we, we, I know we got a couple of red flags here. So I'm going to say the red flag, and then uh, you talk about it, okay? Okay. 
All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, number one, um, and, I, and I'm glad we're talking about this because this came up with our guardrail series. So, but the first one is um, a Christian and a non-Christian, all right? Don't marry a non-Christian, all right? Why don't you talk about that for just a minute? I mean, the Bible is pretty clear when it says don't be un- unequally yoked with a non-believer. And we, as humans, take that verse and try to find all the reasons why we don't really need to obey it. But it's extremely vital. I mean, it is the most important thing. If you have nothing else in common with your spouse, you at least need to have Jesus. Because he's your lifeline. Marriage, you guys, is marriage is hard. It's hard. Sorry. It's hard. So I don't know how people do it without Christ, and maybe that's why there is so much divorce in the world. Um, But you have to have that common bond because when you're, there's trouble and you're going through hard times, he needs to be able to go to Jesus and I need to be able to go to Jesus and we need to be able to fix it with him first, figure out what's wrong in my heart, what sin do I need to be convicted of and repent of. He needs to figure out what sin he needs to repent of and then we can come back together and, and you know, make up or whatever. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making the point as strong as it needs to be made, but if you meet somebody and, and they seem like they're a cool person, you like want to hang out with them or whatever, but then you find out, okay, this, this person is not going to church, they don't love God. I mean, even if they're giving the lip service and saying like, yeah, I lo- I'm a Christian, a lot of people say that, but they're not a growing, committed, working hard at it Christian, right? That's the kind of person you want in your life, friends and, and marriage. And so if someone's coming up and you can feel like, well, I don't think that they're really walking the walk or talking, they're just talking the talk. Red flag, (laughs) big X, sorry, I can't date you right now. (laughs) And that's okay to say. I am a very black and white person pretty much in all areas of my life. And it's easy for me when a red flag has come up, red flags come up when I was in high school, it was easy for me just to say, eh, sorry, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to I talk about that because this did come up in our guardrails thing where we had a guy that said, hey, my, my girlfriend brought me to church and this is where I got saved. And I'm, I was super excited about that because, you know, God, God can do whatever he wants, you know. But, but what I want to encourage you guys is um, there, there are, I think there's a lot of people, you, you don't have to date somebody to invite them to church, right? You can invite them to church. You can bring them to church and get to know them. The group dating thing really is the best, like, or, or hanging out in groups, right? I, 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 when people come up to me and they say, uh, I might want to date that person. I want to date them to get to know them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Get to know them first and then date them, you know? And, and, it's, and it's a cool thing. But, but to the thing about dating a non-Christian or, you know, for sure marry a Christian, okay? For sure marry a Christian. And the reason I say this is because there are all, there's tons of great stories of people who uh, they come to know God through their spouse, and that's awesome. I, I, I was talking to one girl, and she said uh, she started dating this girl, and she's in 10th grade, and I said, just wait, just wait till you get to college. She goes, hold on, now I can name 10 people who dated their high school sweethearts. And I said, they're few and far between, right? Most times they don't last. Most times they don't work out. But, I, but again, I, I just, I really want to encourage you guys, look for a person who's seeking after Christ, okay? Look for a person who's seeking after Christ, and the examples of the people who came to know Christ through their girlfriend, through their, their husband, through their spouse, Nick Dotson, I think of you, did. Nick's dad came to know Jesus 
from his mom, right? Or from, from Nick's mom, which was, uh, I mean, obviously her, his dad's wife, okay? And so, and, and I'm glad, obviously I'm glad that happened. God can do whatever. But most times that doesn't happen. I, I've seen so many people that will marry non-Christians, and, and typically they go the direction of the non-Christian. Statistically speaking, that's the direction they go. So I would just encourage you guys, find, find a spouse before you marry somebody. Make sure that they're a Christian. Because again, if you're a girl, you want a guy who's going to lead you towards Jesus. If you're a guy, you want a girl who's going to come alongside you and support you and say, hey, turn to God, turn to God. All right? So that's the first red flag there, okay? Here's the second red flag is, um, this is a no-brainer in my opinion, is uh, avoid, a person who's, uh, avoid a girlfriend or a boyfriend who's pressuring you for sex, mm-hmm. okay? Now, I'm a forgiving guy, right? So, so like, I would say that if, so, if, if your girlfriend or your boyfriend is pressuring you for sex, that's a great, great time to say, we need to, we need to take a break, okay? We need to step back, all right? Brittany would probably say, break up and never talk to him again, all right? Peace but, out. <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that completely. You know, I think, I think you guys can, you could say, hey, we're going to take a step back, all right? And, and because this is not what we should be pressuring each other to do, all right? Girls, I've told you this before, um, if a guy is pressuring you for sex, he, he, doesn't, he does not have your well-being in mind right now. Right. He, needs to take, he needs to take over. He needs to get his priorities in check, okay? He's and, also not obeying the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. So when we're talking about you want someone who is a Christian, what we mean is you want somebody who is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That is what sets Christians apart from people who just say they are. Right? If you're right. really following Christ, you have the Holy Spirit guiding you, convicting you, giving, helping you make right decisions. And any boy or you know, whatever in your relationship who's pressuring you to do things that you are not comfortable with and you know are across the line, it's not so good. Mm-hmm. He, needs to, yep. he needs to pray. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, ta- I've had conversations with people who have given in to the pressure of their girlfriend or their boyfriend and and then later on, the boyfriend just dumps them anyways, or the girlfriend just oh, dumps yeah. them anyways. And it's, it's really, it's tragic, you know. It's really sad that, that you give this gift to somebody, and then they just, they just mistreat it like that. So, so guys, don't, don't, don't be pressured into doing something that the Bible tells you not to do. Okay, it, it's, it's really difficult, you know. If you've got this smoking hot girlfriend, and she's trying to get you to do stuff, guys, you gotta, you got to be a man. you got to be a good Christian man to stand up and say, nope. And girls... Don't settle. Don't settle. That's my mantra for tonight, I think, is don't settle, all right? Don't settle for garbage, all right? Find the right guy, and you may have to wait, but, but th- that guy will come, okay? And then the last one, here's the last red flag that we'll talk about is uh, maturity. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Britt. Talk about maturity. <clears throat> is anyone in here an adult yet? No, not <laughs> oh, really. Yeah, okay. this, that just shows the immaturity right there. <laughs> All Andy the Clint. adults are married. <laughs> okay. Marriage is for adults. It is not for teenagers. Do not settle for someone who's still behaving and thinking and acting like a teenager. Wait, save this for someone who is mature enough to act like an adult. Not just with you in your relationship, but in all areas. You're looking for maturity in how good of a student are they? How are they with their money? How do they treat their mom and dad? How are they at driving? I mean, little things. I mean, you don't want to marry someone who has road rage, <laughs> and then they have your kids in the backseat. That's no good. I'm, I married you. You have road rage. No, I have settled down. Oh, okay. She's... I have settled down. 
<laughs> I've talked about your road rage in a message before, actually. Yeah. I have um, calmed down. Guys, can I give the guys in here some advice? Uh, bathe and wear deodorant and brush your teeth. Yes, okay? please. Like, when we're talking about being mature, you know, mm-hmm. be the husband your wife is looking for. Yeah. Start it right now. Be the husband your wife is looking for. We, we, we know people who come up to us and they say, man, I just can't find that perfect girl. I was like, bro, you stink. You don't... <laughs> You don't take care of yourself. Like, come on. Like, that's a part of maturity, right? Be mature. Grow up, you know? Um, uh, I forget. I was going to make one point about that. If you that. want a five-star spouse, you have to be a five-star spouse. Yeah, that, that's, that's good. That's good. And that's in football <laughs> language, so I understood that. I like it. Be a five-star right. recruit. Yeah. Um, so maturity is big, you know? Um, Do you want to talk about things that they can look for? Yeah, well, you have a list. Why don't you tell us about your list? Oh, so my, my, I found this out. I actually found this out after we got married. But my wife had a, a list of stuff that she was looking for in a guy. And so I, I thought it would be kind of cool if you, if you told him. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay, we all have a list. And some people have a list of like a thousand things on it. Do you have a long list? Think about it. Think about what you want in your spouse. Is your list really, really long? If it is, you need to scrap it and try again. Because you need to have reasonable and foundational expectations for your spouse. So when you're thinking, okay, I'm going to talk to the girls. You're thinking about what kind of guy you want to marry. And you're like, oh, well, he has to be 6'6", and he has to have dark hair, and he has to wear Sperry's. I don't know. He has to have this specific kind of style, and he has to like certain kind of music. Okay, okay, girls, come on. We've got to, we've got to help the men along because they, they just – they need help. So give yourself a short list of the really important things. And I, this will help you to figure out who you are as a woman, too, and what you want in your house as you get older. What kind of home do you want? And so, yeah. Put the mic in front of you. So you want some, I hate the sound of my voice over the speakers. <laughs> you want, um, obviously, a godly man. Okay, we talked about this. We've, we've, We're beating the dead horse. You want someone who's under the influence of the Holy Spirit and is going to grow with you and challenge you and help you to be a good woman and a good father to your children, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The first time um, Matt and I ever hung out, we went for a walk around campus when we met at Liberty, and um, he asked me this question. He was like, so what are you looking for in a guy? And I was like, oh, I want someone godly and a good father and all this stuff. And he literally, he cut me off. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. What are you looking for in a guy? Like, what kind of personality do you want? And I was like, whoa, no one's ever asked me that before. I don't even know how to answer it. And so it got me thinking, and I had to make a list. And so this is my list. He has to be a growing Christian. Not lip service. I know we've said this. Not lip service. True, godly man. He has to um, be taller than me. This is very important for me. When you're talking about, like, attractiveness, yeah, you can have a list of, like, oh, he's got to have dark hair or whatever. Forget all that. Just pick one thing. He's got to be taller than me, okay? I had some people who wanted to go out with me. I'm like, I'm sorry. You're, you're too short. That, that's not biblical, by the way. If you like shorter guys, that's fine. All it's right, okay so. if you do. That's not going to work for me. So whatever. Narrow it down to, like, one important thing. For being attractive. Also on that list was good hygiene. Boys, take a shower every day, please. Um, He has to make me laugh, and he has to think I'm funny. So I'm not that funny, but, oh, whatever. (laughs) Um, He has to treat me really, really well. Okay, I'm not, I will not put up with 
you know, he doesn't like my clothes that day or he thinks he doesn't like my hair that day or whatever. I don't, I don't like little nitpicky comments. And Matt is great. He never criticizes me. Even when I say, hey, what can I do better? He says, nothing. I, I love our life, <laughs> which I know is not true. Look at him. He won't tell me the truth. That's okay. I'd rather him lie to me and tell me how awesome I am than always be nitpicking at me and tell me all the things I did wrong every day, which I promise I won't do anymore. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the, the other thing for me was what I wanted in my house. I wanted music, and I want ministry in my house. And God gave me both of those things. I have a big soft spot for boys with guitars. And um, so that did not take long. Um, so I've got music in my house, and I have lots of ministry in my house, <laughs> which is what I wanted. So that's a reflection of who I was, and I wanted my home to reflect that. So think about that. You guys won't be able to write it down maybe tonight, but what do you want in your home? What do you want your family to look like? What do you want your kids to grow up with? Um, some of you might put, like, um, physical fitness is really big, you know, these days. And I, I'm sorry, this is not that important to me. Me and Matt don't work out. I mean, we eat healthy mostly. Obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not that healthy. But it, that wasn't important to me. And it's, my kids don't care that much. My kids aren't super athletic. So that's whatever. But some people might want that. So think about that when you're looking, you know, what's important to you and what's not. For the record, I could bench press more than you gentlemen in the back. I definitely could. Anyways, he, he anyways, is really strong. I'm freakishly strong. He could beat you I at anything. He's really strong. Well, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. All right. Anyways, hey, I want to encourage you guys real quick. I, I want to talk about what she said there for just a second. Is I want to encourage you guys write out some expectations that you have that you're looking for in a spouse. Okay. And when I say spouse, your future husband, your future wife, like have expectations. The worst thing to do when you start dating is to just say, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for. And then just date somebody, right? Yeah. Kind of have some expectations. Okay. And, and I wanted to add really quick is uh, a big one is anger. So you need to be on the lookout for, if you're interested in somebody, be on the lookout for when they get angry and see how they handle it. Because anger is a big, big issue for mm -hmm. all humans. Mm -hmm. And it, if you marry somebody who has a big temper, anger problem, even if they're not like physically abusive, but still anger can be a big problem. And especially think about like how your husband or wife will treat your children and you don't want them to have, uh, you know, be saying a lot of ugly things. Right, right. Ladies, a, a way, it, it's an old saying, but it really is true is look, look for how a guy treats his mom, right? Yeah. It, ladies, if, if your boyfriend just treats their mom terribly, then, you know, the, the, he's got some stuff to work on. And, and I don't care how bad mom is, you know, you can still treat your mom with respect. But I'm saying how, how they treat other ladies should be a good indicator because that's how they will treat you probably, okay? So look, I, I would keep your eyes out for that. Um, and let's do the last one real quick. Let's go ahead and do uh, G. All right, this is the G in swag. Your spouse will, e or grow, your spouse will either hinder or help your spiritual growth. Now, this is the most important thing, okay, other than seeking Jesus first. Here's the, and we're going to end on this, and then we'll break into our groups, but the, the most important thing that you can do in your life as a Christian is to grow in your faith. That's the most important thing. As Christians, we're supposed to grow closer and closer to God. Now, choosing the wrong spouse can either hinder that or it can actually excel that. If you pick a spouse who is not going, you, I, I've seen it tons of times where people pick the spouse and, and that person actually keeps them away from God, almost unintentionally a lot of times. 
where, you know, they don't go to church, so then the Christian's just like, oh, my wife's not going to church, maybe I won't go to church. And, oh, they're not reading their Bible, maybe I won't read my Bible. So I want to encourage you guys to find somebody who will challenge you to grow in your faith. Find somebody who will challenge you to say, you know what, it, it, you know, I need to do better with my walk with God. And what, what's cool is if you find a spouse that's, that's challenging you to get stronger and then they challenge you and then you challenge them and it goes back and forth, your relationship gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Your spouse can, can make or break your spiritual walk with God. So that's why we're going to end with that is grow, okay? Um, you know, we, we'll just kind of end it like this. And we're, we're actually going to stand here in just a second and sing a couple of worship songs for you guys. But actually, can we give my wife a big round of applause? Yes. Yes. All right. And you can go ahead and go down and then thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Britt. I'm kicking her off the stage. All right. So, so you know, our, our series, Guard the Temple, it, it's about sexual morality. And uh, that last point there, Grow, is when you live a life that is sexually immoral, when you don't guard the temple, that is the biggest hindrance on your growth. You, you're not going to grow in your walk with God if you are living a sexually immoral life. It just, it just doesn't work that way, okay? So I'm going to ask Riley to come on up here real quick. I'm going to ask Andrew and Fred to come on up. We're going to sing a couple songs. Uh, everybody stand up for me real quick if you don't mind. Brittany, if you can cut those lights out there, that'd be awesome, all right? And as we're going to sing just a couple worship songs. And guys, here's the thing. I want you to think of this. Two things, right? Number one is I'm praying for the people who have been able to stay pure in here, sexually pure, awesome. That's great. That's great. I'm going to pray that you, you can keep that up, that you, can, that you can wait, that you can stay pure for your spouse. But for the people in here who maybe you have messed up before, I'm not condemning you tonight. All, I'm, all I want to do is tell you that, guys, you can start over. You, tonight can be a new night that you say, you know what? I've messed up. I've gone the wrong direction before, but you know what? Tonight, I'm going to start to live a pure life for God. And that's awesome because the moment you become, you, nobody in here has been a Christian their whole life. Nobody in here has been sinless their whole life, right? There, there comes a time where you have to give your life to Jesus, which means you're going to stop doing the things you were doing and live a life for Christ. And in the same way that if there's people in here that you have lived a sexually immoral life, there can be a time where you stop it and then start to live for Christ today. So Riley's going to pray for us, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, sing a couple songs. All right? So go ahead and pray. All right. Um, dear God, I pray over us in this room, and um, I just pray that Matt's message will um, help us to prepare ourselves for our future husband or wife or whoever. And um, God, we just pray that um, we use this message as we uh, consider future people that we were going to end up with, and we just pray for those people and pray that they will stay pure and that we will stay pure and that you will let the Holy Spirit guide us away from situations and from people that we aren't supposed to be with. Um, we love you, God, and thank you for all that you give us. In your name we pray. Amen.